I'm Chris Lindstrom, and welcome to the Food About Town podcast. Episode 54 of the Food About Town podcast is brought to you by the good people from Joe Bean Coffee. Literally brought to you by those people because Ben Turiano and James Lake from Joe Bean Coffee were over for a ridiculous beer tasting we did. We tasted eight different beers from the New England region, and we did an extensive tasting session. Lots of tasting notes. We really dove into these beers kind of deeply. So if you're not into beer tasting, I apologize ahead of time. We did go for an extended period. I think we did almost two hours. Uh, but we had an absolute blast. Um, we had a lot, of, a lot of good conversations aside from the beer. But as I said, this one is more beer-focused. We tried beers from Trillium Brewing in Massachusetts, located out of Boston. Tried one from Treehouse, which is very notorious at this point. We had three beers from Alchemist out of Burlington, Vermont, and Sip of Sunshine, which is also from the Vermont area. Uh, it, it was a fantastic tasting. And if you are into beer, I, I hope you do enjoy our tasting notes. And even though they're so different, it was an absolute blast tasting beer with these guys and just having a good excuse to hang out for a couple hours. If you get through the whole podcast, and even if you don't, uh, leave a leave a review on iTunes or on the Google Play Store, and let me know what you thought about the podcast. Reach out to me on social media. You can find me at Food About Town on Facebook, or at Stromy on Twitter or Instagram. Thanks for listening. talking about beer um so i had to twist some arms to bring people over here today um why don't you introduce yourselves gentlemen uh i'm ben turiano and then what are you oh <laughs> i'm uh one of the owners of joe bean coffee oh got it i'm glad <laughs> now now we know <laughs> and knowing's half the battle and what do we have over in seat two? It's, uh, I'm uh, Jim Lake, and uh, I run the beer and wine program over at Joe Bean. Hi, Jim. Hello, Chris. How are you? Um, well, you know, I'm a little tired. I had, to, I had to cajole and twist some arms to get you guys over here today. It's tough. Um, so what we're doing today is um, I've been collecting beer from the Northeast over the last uh, few weeks, and... Quite a collection. I, my wife is distressed by the amount of beer in the fridge versus food, so I need to get rid of some of it. I and thought I, you had a. I thought you had a very fair, uh, <laughs> an appropriate quantity. Yeah, amount of <laughs> beer to food ratio. I thought made a lot of sense. Yeah, 80, 80, 20 beer. That sounded right. Yeah, yeah. and by weight, I mean it's definitely oh. more than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but those pickles you guys had looked great. Yeah, the pickles are good. Mm-hmm. That was. She wants to get rid of the pickles. We're friends. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, as I said, I hope you like spooning. <laughs> Gary, can we have some pickles, please? <laughs> oh, pickles and beer. I, I don't see how this I'm, couldn't I'm be a winning. It's hard to beat that. Right, can't be a losing proposition. All right. So, 
as a brief background to where all this beer is coming from, um, a few weeks back I made a trip to the Adirondacks and a side trip to Vermont, the Burlington area, which is one of the huge hotbeds of IPA production. It kind of created its own style. Yeah, yeah. Hetty Topper was sort of this uh, brand new, softer, fruitier IPA that, uh, or double IPA that sort of like everybody tried to mimic for a long time. And until quite recently, no one else was really coming out with anything close to it. And now uh, this whole side of the country is a wealth of soft, fruity, beautiful, easy drinking 8% double IPAs and yeah. get you drunk quick. <laughs> so I made a trip up to that brewery, The Alchemist. And they were serving three beers, so I brought back all of those. I grabbed Sip of Sunshine, which is a Lawson's... Um, what, I, I forget the whole... Is it Lawson's Famous Liquids? I believe it's Finest. Finest Liquids. Isn't it? That's yeah. Right. yeah. Brought so. back that, which is their double IPA of the similar style. Yeah. So that was that trip, and then I have a couple other Vermont IPAs. I'm not sure if we're going to get to 10 different beers in our tasting today, but <laughs> we'll see. I feel ambitious. <laughs> Jim's confident. I also am not driving, so I, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm allowed to feel am, ambitious, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, this last weekend, I made a trip out to see my, my friend out in Boston, Massachusetts. And along the way, I stopped at what seems to be the current rage is this treehouse brewing in Monson, Massachusetts. Um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, and the wife did just bring pickles. She sure did. Yeah. a lot of pickles. That was yeah. Scary. Emptying out the jars. Mm. Um, <laughs> so we stopped at Treehouse on the way out. Um, and, yeah, I kind of want to talk about the mm. the go. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, you, can you eat that directly next to the microphone, please? I need the crunch. <laughs> we, we need sound effects for yeah. later. We need a soundboard. He's going he's gonna to get. Oh, oh that yeah. was nice. There it is. That was nice. That was good crunch. Yeah. Ben's contributing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, well, I'm going to finish the breweries. So, Treehouse, which is apparently huge lines for, for the releases, limited amount of cans. We were able to get eight per person when we went. Um, there was an hour wait for growlers. I mean, it was Ooh. it's crazy. And then the last one we did was Trillium, which is in Boston proper. And there's one about half an hour south of the city. Yeah. And that stuff's more available, although more expensive. Um, you can buy a case of things. And I guess the, the interesting thing for those that aren't crazy into this uh, high-stakes beer finding, I, I don't know what to call <laughs> this. It's the, the, the truck <clears throat> chasing. The yeah, the beer chasing. I, I'm like at the early stages of it, but going to these places, it's waiting in line. It's... Like when it was the Alchemist, it was half an hour, 40 minutes before they opened. And Treehouse, like I said, even though we didn't wait in line, like there was an hour wait for growlers. And other times there's two and three hour waits for growlers. And for limited edition cans, it's three, four, five hours of waiting. And then it's one, one, one or two cans per person. Right. That too, because they, they're such a small brewery, they can't load everybody up with cases <laughs> in a, in a four-hour line. <laughs> it's amazing how limited quantity you get and how many people want it. Yeah, well, and think of the brewery, too. The last thing they want is for someone to wait an hour, uh, out four and a half hours in line and then not, get, not get anything because the person in front of them walked away with a case. That's... Right. Oof. 
<laughs> so yeah, you're waiting hours for for cans. I mean, again, we got lucky. We showed up at an off hour. We didn't get everything they had maybe that week, but what we got was the first beer that we tasted today, which mm. was the Treehouse Haze. Haze in a beautiful purple can. Mm-hmm. See what they did there? Purple. Purple Haze. Purple Haze. Get it? There uh, was already a beer called Purple Haze, so they had to go and make yeah, the can. Make yeah, the can clever. purple. Yeah. So that was the first one we tried today. Pretty fantastic stuff. Loved, Loved it. it. Very, very cool. So double IPA. Yeah, 8%. Um, and not a... Not not as soft a beer as some of the other ones we're going to be trying a little later. Yeah, yeah. So it started off. Uh, I guess I would describe that as quite quite dank. A lot of a uh, lot of like kind of oily, stinky hop characteristic coming through. Um, I would St- say still a, a good amount of fruit though. Good amount of fruit still. Yeah, I would say there was definitely some of that like papaya and melon coming through in there. Um, <clears throat> and then. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know some some biscuity bready kind of finishes to it, and then I think we settled on biscuity. Is that yeah, is that what we yeah. settled on? Um, ben gosh. Ben with the tasting I, I'm a, note. I'm a biscuit. I'm a biscuit man. Yeah, biscuit man. <laughs> Who isn't a biscuit man? Ah, uh, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a so thinking back to some for, biscuits. First first tangent of the day because that's really what this is all about. We're going to be talking about the beers and talking about the breweries because it's that's interesting and fun. But this is all about tangents. I had a weird dish at a restaurant I'm reviewing in a, for a couple weeks from now, and it was a green bean dish with a white gravy um, cured jowl and biscuit chunks. Biscuit chunks. <laughs> so it kind of played as a weird combination of a like fresh biscuits and gravy and a green bean casserole. Weird. All at the same time. Oh, okay. And it was phenomenal. It was good. Oh, good. It was a great dish, but it, it played like biscuits and gravy and that at the same time, which is a weird thing to say for an upscale restaurant. Right. Usually when the word chunks is involved, that's uh, <laughs> kind All right, of I'm thing. using my I'm using my terminology. They probably use something fancy like crumbles or crumbles. Some some bullshit like that. But yeah. I, I would I called it chunks and we chunks got we had bullshit. a <laughs> and we <laughs> and we had a bucket of stuff. It was delicious. Oh sounds great. Mm. I'm looking forward to my next visit. So yeah. much deliciousness. So, yeah, we tried this haze, and I think everybody was pretty happy with it. Fantastic. So. Yeah. Uh, this was the third time I've had it, and I think it's, as we broke it down, having other people tasting it with me is kind of beneficial. You get, And I find that in general, when you get different people's views, you taste different things. Sure. At least I know I do. I'm kind of persuasive when it comes to tasting. Um, but I, I find that interesting because we can all – throw something in there and then see if everybody else tastes the same thing. Yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, I think as it warmed up, Ben Ben was saying he was getting a little vanilla out of it, and that really, like, I totally, once he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what that more floral, perfumey delicateness is coming out that I, like, couldn't put my finger directly on, and yeah, this got really, really <clears throat> good. I, the, the longer you drink it, the more you like it. Yeah. <laughs> So I was pretty happy. I'm hoping at some point to try some of their other other beers as well. This is one of their cores that they make often. I've had uh, two or three of the other ones, and this is this is among the better ones that I think I've had. Um, one of the last ones I had, I believe, was called Green. It was good, and it just didn't. Um, I didn't quite enjoy it like I enjoyed this one. And then I've had Julius, I think, like twice, which is just a remarkable <clears> beer. 
Yeah, and that, uh, that seems to be the one people really want. Right. Yeah. And then the variations, which are everybody's screaming crazy for. Yeah, well, you know, rare variations, <laughs> that's like... <laughs> yeah. And if Pokemon effect, right? <laughs> so, yeah, and if you follow any of the any of the weird beer forms and stuff, everybody wants Treehouse, 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 Treehouse. So this is... Yep. I'm happy to be tasting and sharing it. Oh, so definitely. Uh, pretty pretty tasty stuff. So we, we moved on. I only have one of those, so we dispatched of one of those quickly. And we're moving on to uh, Trillium, which is, again, out of Boston. That's the other one that everyone's looking for. That's uh, it's another. <coughs> uh, all the guys I hang out with are all talking about Trillium right now. So Yeah. <clears throat> and I was I was surprised at how accessible it was. We we walked in we waited in line no more than ten minutes yeah. before they opened. And you walk in and they're like, How much do you want of each? Do you want a case? Do you want you know, how many four packs do you want? You just walk out with it whatever you want. That's that's the best. <laughs> Which is nice, but it's still limited I, here. You can't yeah. get it. No, no. They don't distribute as far as I know. It's <clears> just um hundred percent at the brewery, right? Or yeah, they they have two different breweries, and I think it's a it's a restaurants and stuff kind of like. So they're they're probably self distributing around Boston, but yeah, sure. to get it you do have to go to Boston. There's no right, which outside is, of Boston places, right? So which is I think why people really do this whole thing, why people are really interested because we just can't get them here unless somebody brings it back, sure. right? Yeah, from out of state. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that exclusivity of having to go there. Yeah, know? yeah. So, so this is uh, Congress Street. Is that the one we're drinking? I think first? so. Congress Street. Yep. Congress Street. What, what's the definition, Ben? <clears throat> so it is so single. Uh, flagship American IPA. Highlights the distinctively aromatic Australian Galaxy Hop. Ah. And then the malt bill is uh, American Two-Row, White Wheat, C15, Dextrin, Dextrose. And it's got Australian Galaxy and then Columbus Hops as well. And what's the origin of Congress Street? The country of origin? The country of origin. Yeah. I don't think you're getting what I'm putting down here. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not. I was going for spelling bee, but that's fine. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's com- completely lost. It's fine. We're, we're just going to throw that away, and I'm going to cower in the corner for a minute with my bomb. It's fine. <laughs> you got you to gotta go with fart jokes around us, man. You're not that smart. <laughs> no, no, none, of this, none of this spelling bee nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I mean, that was that was good, but <laughs> so ben, my, my head was elsewhere. Ben, bite a pickle again, jeez. Uh, <laughs> so, do either of you? I'm. I hear all the names of hops. Do either of you know? Like, I know Ben, you've done some home brewing. So when they say, I know, I've heard Galaxy, I hear Nelson, I hear all these hops. Mm-hmm. Like, does one of them stand out to you as like your as your favorite hop? Like, as you. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say I'm at that uh, level. I, I'm mostly familiar with hops that I've spent the most time with. Um, just gotten to know like what they do in a beverage. Um, but I'm by no means the most prolific uh, home brewer, so I couldn't say I'm a, a massive expert. Um, Galaxy is certainly one that I'm, you know, the, all the kind of big yeah. popular ones are pretty... Galaxies, Galaxy, yeah. Citra. Citra is a big one. Stuff yeah. Like yeah, Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy tend to be, um, 
I've, I've never had a beer that's like, oh, this is mostly citra or this is mostly galaxy. I've been like, well, it tastes like crap because <laughs> those hops are just so fruity and so citrusy and delicious and um, really a lot of fun. This is this has got a lot of soft fruits going on in it. Um, mm-hmm. Big nose, though. Yeah. Big, sharp, you know, very sharp nose on it. Uh, mo- mostly pineapple. Pineapple. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a ton of it, too. I mean, there's a lot of beers have aroma, but this one's just, it's screaming and it's bright. Jumping out there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm digging in on, on the palate. It's very so. dry. It's dry, yeah. Very dry. I mean, we're we're gonna get to a couple more juicy ones coming up. This is very dry. Yeah, well, a bit of that pine mm-hmm. coming through, and I'd say a good amount of peach too in the flavor. Definitely peach. It's um, it feels more delicate. Does than I expected it to be? Yeah, especially it after that sit haze. Super heavy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the the dry and bitter forward though. Yeah, um, right. Everything else is a little more subtle, right? Other but, than the aroma, which again is kind of kind of screaming to me. Yeah, yeah, it gives the body um, a nice airiness to it that you don't you don't really expect when you smell like sure. pineapple and peach and all that other stuff. <laughs> Your voice just doesn't carry like mine. I'm sorry. I, 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 I keep, apologize. <laughs> I, I keep on adjusting Ben's mic. <laughs> I've, I've never known Ben to be the soft spoken type, and now I'm pushing it towards his face over and over again. He just keeps backing away. <laughs> I can go in ah, so many directions. It's not intentional. <laughs> a few more beers and that'll stop happening. <laughs> Start leaning in, whispering to the microphone. <laughs> oh. Good times. All right. Is there any more of that left? I could. Yes, sir. I could drink a little more of that. Mm. Yeah, this is the first time I tried this one. Um, and we do have two. We have two more trilliums. We're going to get to. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing life dangerously, pouring directly over the mixing board. Yeah. <laughs> As we go on, that's going to be a more, more and more questionable activity. Oh, it's okay with the second beer, but with the fourth beer, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Got to get one of those plastic sheets they put over like uh, couches. couches. Yeah. Yeah. See, Ben's dropping everything too. <laughs> I'm really glad I invited him. It's gone forever now. Uh, oh, that's right there. Okay. Um, yeah. Instead of uh, I wasn't thinking, wasn't thinking like couches. I was thinking Dexter. That was the first thing I thought of when you said plastic oh. sheets. <laughs> did did not watch that show. Shows where my head is at. I saw the part where he put plastic everywhere and killed yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty great. That's like one of his things. Yeah, for every episode. It's kind of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Killing people and then and then plastic for the blood, right? Yeah, then dumping them in the ocean, right? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's also why I did not watch that show. <laughs> oh come on, it's so uplifting. He's only uh, killing the bad guys, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Although I'm really happy, I have this. I've had this trend of not watching the last season of shows, and most of the time I've been proven right. So it's usually yeah. a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like Lost. I never watched the last season of Lost. And everybody said it was a great idea. Didn't watch the last season of Dexter. Everybody said that was a great idea. (laughs) If season seven of Voyager is teaching me anything, (laughs) you're making the right choice. (laughs) Although Um, the finale of Next Generation is, that's some interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Two hours, parallel universes. Come on. Brings it back to the beginning. Old Picard in France. Yeah. In the U.S., yeah. Yeah. See, I told you there'd be tangents in this one. (laughs) 
<laughs> old old sci-fi tangents. Good <laughs> good times. Back to the nineties. Yeah. Mm. Gotta love it. Oh, we're drinking. Yep, starting to warm up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely interesting as we taste these. And and I know for a lot of people it seems appealing just to drink it cold, drink it fast, and be done. As it, uh, the more I've tried to taste beer, I think the more interesting and different they get as they warm up, as they change. Kind of like as you, in, in a weird, in a, I don't think it's an exact correlation, but same thing with like scotch or other things as you add water, it opens up. And I think it's, for whatever reason, it's... Well, that, that's a chemical thing with scotch. It was with water? Yeah, adding water actually releases uh, new compounds. Um, there's, uh, there's a whole set of things that occur uh, that <laughs> I don't really understand, but it changes the aroma. Yeah. It, it's... You're right. Probably not analogous directly, but as it warms, it does change... Right. The aromas definitely change, and the flavors you taste change. I, I think a lot of that's supposed to be body temperature, too. Uh, the closer something is to body temperature, uh, we, we have a, an easier time tasting it and understanding it. Interesting. Yeah, so that's with, with coffee, it's kind of the opposite. As it gets cooler, we start tasting it more. And when it's right around that, like, 1 to 120 range is when you get the most interesting flavors out of it. Hmm. Well, I suppose that makes sense, you know, when you drink like a chilled right. liquor drink when people want their martinis ice cold and it goes away quickly because you right. don't taste anything. And that's the point of that. It, it <laughs> hides the alcohol and you drink quickly and then you keep buying more alcohol. Yeah. yeah. And we're not doing that today. <laughs> Although we're drinking a lot, we're, we're savoring. We're savoring. Yeah. Savoring. It's, t- it's different. It's totally. <laughs> right. right. We're, we're justified in drinking all the alcohol. We're not these... We're not these pedestrian alcohol <laughs> drinkers. We're 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 critically drinking, <laughs> and we all think we're better than everybody else. <laughs> we all know we're better than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I mean, that's yeah. I suppose that's always the more important thing. <laughs> being being dead sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. absolutely. Not just a little sure. <laughs> Well, that was really nice. I finished mine already. I don't know how you guys love beer. Pace? <laughs> I'm not sure. sophisticated. That's the, uh... <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to eat a pickle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm not totally sure about this batch. The first batch was definitely brighter. Still some good crunch on these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not not quite as not quite as salty as the first batch. Yeah, there's some salt. I got some saltiness in there. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things I've been trying is uh, the fermented pickles at home. Sure. Uh, surprisingly easy to do, but you have to measure everything out and get your ratios right. And this time they they recommended using some sort of astringent thing. Like I use tea. I, oh, okay. I, they, they say it keeps the pickles crisp, but I think it also may have flavored them with tea. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I haven't heard that before. They said something like, I think that you could use something like an oak leaf, 
Or something Whoa. like you've, you've taken oak leaf off a tree and put it in there. That sounds badass. That sounds yeah. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have. <laughs> right, we don't know what's out there. Then again, I use Limpton tea, so right. You know, I don't really know where that came from either. Well, came I was going to ask if you use like a black tea or something. Yeah, so sweepings off the floor. <laughs> um, not that. Not that we're judging things today at all. Hmm. Well, so I'd say maybe 20% of this podcast is going to be sipping noises and crunching noises. That was a mighty fine pickle you got there, Chris. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Golly. <sighs> Gee whiz. No, that, that stayed super delicate the whole time. Uh, a little bit more malt character as it started warming up for me, but didn't didn't get heavier by any means. Yeah, no, it stayed really, really drinkable, really nice. Peach came out a little bit more. Yeah, that pineapple stayed really consistent. Yeah, I think that's generally characteristic of these beers as well. Is that the malts, even though it has it, it tends to be pretty light. Right. Uh, most of these are pretty light malt. I'd say the the heaviest malt's probably the sip of sunshine. Yeah. Out of all of them, but generally these are lower on the malt side of things, and letting well, the hops stand. And most more of them have some wheat in there too, which is. I think you can taste the grain in this one a little yeah. bit more than the last one for Agreed. sure. Yeah. Wheat is one of the one of the things that makes these IPAs a little bit different too. I think a lot of normal West Coast styles, those bigger maltier things, and and wheat just kind of, I don't know, it's a little bit sweet in flavor, and it it I don't know. I think it lends to bringing those fruits out a little bit better, um, sure. a little less cover up in <clears> the <throat> malts. Yeah, I mean these are almost diametrically opposed to West Coast IPAs, which you know if you see IPA, you're not just drinking IPA now. You're now you're drinking regional IPAs. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I'm gonna West I'm coast, gonna, East Coast, Vermont. Yeah, um, I would I would make arguments for Chicago being its own style IPA. There's some <laughs> really brilliant stuff up there. It's it's just it's it's different. It's not quite West Coast. It's not quite East Coast. Um, and it's very very good. <laughs> ben, do you want to take tasty. a shot? At, ben, do you want to take a shot at the uh, what is West Coast IPA? Uh, well, typically I think of bigger bigger malt character. And uh, the hop character tends to be a little bit more aggressive with yeah. uh, uh, a bigger bitterness. Pine, pine, pine piney, resinous, citrus bitter. Yeah, yeah. I think and more so, more viciously bitter too. Right. I think it's very forward on the bitterness. Yeah, it's more like the skins of citrus well, and, and beers like Palate Wrecker being an <laughs> example of that. <laughs> yeah, Was, even uh, even your 162 notable. IBUs, I think, in Palate Wrecker. 162. Right. Yeah, it is. wow. Supposedly I, the highest that's. Uh, Detectable. No, no, it's far beyond, beyond detectable. Yeah. yeah, I think you can detect somewhere around the hundreds. Okay. Yeah, between between ninety and like one hundred and twenty, I think sure. is what's detectable to the sure. human tongue. So one hundred and sixty is just like okie doke, you know. And if you actually, if you drink it, it, it to me, it was kind of like, oh, I thought this would be like unbearably bitter, but it's just kind of a nice IPA. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good beer. Yeah, it's a great beer. <laughs> Yeah, and it, I, I find it kind of odd going back in between them. Once you find something you like and then you're bouncing between styles, it's sometimes a bit jarring. It can be, yeah, especially if you're going from something that's a little bit on the softer, fruitier side to something that's just like pine resin uh, and hugely better. But, you know, the nice thing about it is it'll 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 cut through for sure. And, uh, you know, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and right at the end, it was getting a little more more bright pine and citrus. Sure. Just right at the end, there is 
uh, versus versus what it was before, which was yeah, I was very happy with that one. Yeah, delightful. So I think we're gonna switch to the second trillium beer here. Going for some scaled up. Oh, we got a can noise. That was good. Mm. So this is their this is their double. Congress Street is one of their single IPAs. Now, when we say there's, they don't just have one of anything. You know, they have like two or three different single IPAs. I think they have a couple different doubles. And there it goes. Beautiful. So it looks like uh, this double IPA has four hops in it. It's going to be a Galaxy Mosaic. Nelson and Columbus. And then malts, we're looking at Pilsner, white wheat, flaked wheat, and dextrin. It, it, it's also worth noting that the single IPA was a 7.2%, and the double <laughs> is an 8%. 8% flat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're really being restrained until now. Uh, and uh, I, we didn't talk about, the, talk about the clarity in the last one, but both of them are yeah. uh, cloudy, semi-cloudy. Yeah, very, very cloudy. And um, maybe not quite as much as the treehouse, which was like almost Ooh. almost opaque. Golly. Had a bit of a haze to it. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's, hard, it's hard to say between the two because they're very different. This pops a lot. This was my favorite when I tried it the first time, but I that Congress I really like. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, it was a little sweeter, a lot more juicy. Fruits popping out. Um, wow. I would say the malts are covered up a little bit. Um, a little bit more than the Congress Street in this one. Different aroma, more of the pine on the aroma. Much more, yeah. Pine and pineapple. Yeah, you still get the pineapple, but you get more of the resin, more of the more of the pine on the on the nose. I think it definitely has more of the resiny character. Yeah, it's edging more towards the Vermont style on the resin, but definitely more bitter forward than those are. At least I think so. Yeah, yeah, this is coming across as I don't know. I I could drink. I could drink a lot of this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd get tired of this anytime soon. Mm. More carbonation than the last one as well. Yeah, and all, all three of these are relatively low on the carbonation scale. Uh, the haze had almost none. Um, this is a little bit more, but it's compared to a mass-produced beer, significantly less. Right. Yeah. It's more just to it brings out the flavors and brings out the nose a little more, but not a. It, you don't really taste the carbonation as much. It doesn't sting your tongue or anything. Yeah. No. Definitely not. I, I think this has got um, a bit more sweetness to it. So that it's really, Definitely. really making those fruits pop, and it's mm. covering up that it's, you know more carbonation makes it so it doesn't become coying when that sweetness hits. But mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really nice balance between having that extra sweetness, um, but not going into something that's coying or syrupy. Uh, the body still seems no, I wouldn't say light, but um, not yeah, overly not heavy. heavy. Yeah, yeah. For for an eight percent, it does play very light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's. Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bigger bitter than the last. Yeah, one too. yeah. Last two, the bitter is like sticking around. Yeah. Um, 
which is nice because it's so sweet up front. It makes you want to take another sip. You right. get that bitter aftertaste lingering. You're like, hmm, another sip. And next thing you know, you need another can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they know what they're doing. I think they uh, may have done that one on purpose. That was <laughs> pretty clever there. Hey, Ben, would you pass the pickles, please? One pickle pass coming up. Pass the pickles, please. Pop those peas. <laughs> Don't worry, there's pop filters. Hmm. Let's go with this one. Hold on, let's see. Come on, Grant. Say it again. Mighty fine That's pretty pickle. Good. Yeah. Mighty fine pickle. Damn good pickles. Yeah, pickles. <laughs> so we've got Jim checking his uh checking his untapped. Yeah. How many got, are you at now, Jim? Um I've got uh thirteen seventy three check ins and uh one thousand ninety eight u- unique beers there. One thousand ninety eight. I kind of stopped with the untapped. I, I got a little frustrated with the app itself. It's, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I, I <laughs> like the fact that I can go back now and, and check things and, um, I don't know, see what other people are drinking. It's really fun when you run a program. You can go to your bar and see who's checking things in where you work. Mm. Um, and then I, I, I like to throw friendships to all those people and cheers them whenever they're drinking at our bar, which I, I like it for that. It's kind of a nice tool for me that way. Um, I think if I wasn't in this position, I would have given up on it maybe 100 beers in. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, but that's, that's a good point. It's, it's a nice little way to kind of quantify what I, what I do and say, like, yes, I drink a lot of beer for my job, and these are all the beers that I drink for my job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you're, it is that is right too. I mean, I like that idea checking in with the people who are drinking, also seeing that those people are engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice for that. It's nice to know that people who come and drink in our bar uh, like to check in the beers that we are bringing in and see what they think about it, which you know usually is pretty positive. And that's one um, of your one of your goals, I'm sure, is you know, keeping the keeping the people drinking whatever it is, keeping them engaged. It's totally. yes, not, totally. not as much of a passive process. Yeah, it's not like it used to be where you just uh, you bring in a light beer and you bring in a normal beer and you bring in one dark beer and then people drink at your bar for 40 years without <laughs> asking for anything different. It's not, that, it's not that scene anymore. You know, everybody, they expect something different on tap every two days. Um, and that's just, that's... The new beer culture, you know, you gotta you gotta always have something new. You gotta always be talking about it. You gotta have uh, stories. Uh, you gotta have some background. It doesn't hurt to know anything about how it was made. <laughs> and you're right. The story part really is getting more. I mean, for a long time, wine was story driven. You know, about the the winery, the romance, and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it seems like beer people are edging more and more towards that. You really want to know. We're what starting, kind of hops and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, we're starting to get to that uh, that oversaturated kind of beer market so to stick out you gotta you gotta have a story you know and and that's i think what's going to be happening more and more and uh, eventually i think this the good story won't do it and you'll have to they'll be switching out to actual quality but um you know which is i mean amazing and now you know we're this isn't about talking about local beer but i'm going to bring up the fact that um it was it a week or two ago uh paste 
don't know much about Paste Magazine. It seems like a beer magazine of sorts. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, they did a blind taste test of single American IPAs. That's right. Yeah. And a localish place came out on top, which was Prison City. Surprising to everybody, I think a little bit. I mean, I've known for a long time that Prison City does some great beers. Yeah, and um, uh, when Will Cleveland was over, and we were talking about what's the one place locally or in the region that's going to pop in the next, you know, six months or a year, he said Prison City. The Prison guy's City. A, guy wow. was a superstar, so. They're doing great work, yeah. Um, I'm excited to go out and try their stuff again. Yeah. We, we tried it at the Beer Expo. We did, yeah. They had some pretty cool stuff. Uh, e- even even that cereal beer was, was good. <laughs> Cocoa Puff. Puff Puff Shiv. Puff Puff Shiv. Yeah. <laughs> Which was exactly what it tasted like. Yeah, totally. It tasted if that's, like Cocoa Puffs in a beer. Yeah, and if that's what I was looking for, I would not hesitate to go back to that one. Yeah. Um, uh, but their, their normal beers, I think, are really great. They hit the styles. Um, they do a real good job of keeping things balanced. Um, I personally, I love, I love non-adjunct beers, uh, so I'm always looking for a place that does really good jobs with those. Um, so, yeah, I... I I look forward to being able to bring their beers into my own place because I can't travel that much to <laughs> to drink. I got to be at the bar, but yeah, yeah. And demand's going to be high. I mean, as soon as it's available, it's demand's going to be crazy high. Sure, yeah, which from, is good for them. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they have an expansion plan. From what I hear, they're they're very very small, and I oh, don't yeah. think they uh, do any distributing at all right now. But hopefully, that'll hopefully that'll change. <laughs> so as this one's warming up. Definitely rounds out. It, it, the sweetness comes out a little more pronounced, I think. More, more orange. A lot more yeah. orange in it. I think the aroma got even bigger. Yeah. Orangey. Mm-hmm. Gosh. And it gets a little juicy now. It does. Mm-hmm. The bitterness in the end is a little more juicy-ish instead of just straight up bitter. What yeah, sticks to your tongue for that aftertaste? Mid palate kind of stuffs coming coming in a little bit more. Coming in better, yeah. Bringing in the the mid the mid tones, taking down the trebles. Yeah, it, taking we're, down we're the, not scooping out the mids here. We're taking out the bases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sound jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I like that one a lot. Mm. Yeah, we're 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 not struggling for quality over here right now, so no, no, sir. Mm. Excellent beer. I'm not going to pour this over your soundboard again. <laughs> I'm just going to hand Jim's it to you. Nervous. Oh, or you could do that. Yeah, that'll that'll work. Tap, too. tap, tap. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh. well scaled up. I'm a big fan. So as we as we enjoy the rest of this, um, uh oh, oh um, Ben's got Ben's he's it, he's putting his fingers uh, together. He's <laughs> he's either playing the smallest violin or he's got some thinking. Mm, no, that's it, the thinking it, it's phase. It's almost got like a a, a very slight kind of mint quality to it. There, there's a there's a very a slight real close to the end there herby kind of thing going on. That's yeah. No, I, I I think I know what you're talking about. Maybe a spearmint almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus a peppermint because you get that big green herbal almost note on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're talking about. 
Yeah, mid mid to finish, there's something that comes in that's. Mm-hmm. It's that weird. Yeah. I think it's that that hot bitterness when it's when it plays more green. Yeah, you get a lot of interesting characteristics from that. Because obviously you get citrus, you get some, you get the tropicals, but there's that dark green, and when it kind of brightens up like that, I think that's that's really interesting. And it's amazing how yeah. much of these flavors you can get. Yeah. When there's none of those things in there. Yeah, super cool. There's like what I think there was. Four hops and four or five malts, and getting this huge amount of flavor. And yeah, you know, I like a linear drink. I like a drink that changes while you're drinking it. And that's just so much more interesting. And man, <laughs> digging it. <laughs> so throughout this whole podcast so far, when these guys walked in, I was playing my my new electronic creation thing I did out there. I was playing Kirby's. Ad- Kirby's Adventure from the Nintendo. Yeah. I still have the stupid game music stuck in my head. <laughs> so I think that's going to be my inter... Uh, and when we take a break to switch over to the other beer, I think that's going to be the the break music. That sounds appropriate. Yeah. So uh, for any of you that don't like MIDI NES music, <laughs> um, you can just skip over that. But for 30 <laughs> seconds, you're getting Kirby's Adventure yeah. music. That's just how it is. It's, seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, fun, fun, fun thing to mess around with, but not that I needed another hobby of things to create and no, mess around need, with. Always need more hobbies, <laughs> but it's it's a fun little fun little thing to tweak around with. Yeah. yeah. So, when it comes to do both, of you guys have original Nintendos. I'm assuming. Uh, at, at one point. At one point. Yeah, I don't. I, I I have one that I do not believe uh, is functioning anymore. But yeah. <laughs> Log some hours in on that guy. Was there a favorite game from the original Nintendo? Ooh, original. Um, boy, it's uh, it's all a little bit of a blur trying to remember what was original and what was super. Um, there was a Darkwing Duck game. Yeah, I think that was original. Yeah, I think that was original. There was also a Ducktales game. Ducktales was definitely original. Those were my jams uh, when I wasn't when I wasn't just playing the three Mario games, because one, two, and three were killer. They're kind of hard to beat. Hard to beat, yeah. Yeah, but then... Two very different. Yeah. Yeah, so I think think, uh, Darkwing Duck, um, I think DuckTales was an awesome game, and then especially Mario Brothers 3. That was... Man, I couldn't (laughs) get off that one for a long time. (laughs) Kabuki suit. Right? Yeah. All day. (laughs) Oh. Well... We just finished our second trillium. We finished the um, scaled up. Yes, we finished Hayes from Treehouse, and we finished our Congress Street from Trillium. I think we're going to take a quick midi break and go grab the next uh, next two or three beers yeah. for tasting, and we'll be right back. <laughs> We're talking about Ben's new band, the Rogan Teslas, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they only play inside Faraday cages. It looks great on stage, though. It does they have one of those uh, <laughs> one of those giant uh, generators? 
Van de Graaff generators. Yeah, it's, oh, it's pretty yeah. badass. Cracking electricity <laughs> all over the place. It, it looks fantastic. We can't hear the music because of the cracks, but, you know, it's... That, but that the pre- is the music. <laughs> the presentation's fantastic. Speaking of which, I was at the... Um, which which museum was it? Was it... I think it was the one here. No, Strong? Wait. No, it was... I think it was here. It was the Science Museum here. Yeah. They have the... The generator that actually plays music. Oh, so that's pretty cool. It's a huge, the you know the the frequencies that it's using. They change the frequencies that it can play songs. Hmm. You have to wear earphones because it's you know crazy loud and everything. Sure. But it actually can play songs, which is really weird and interesting. Huh. 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 Sounds cool. I'm gonna push I'll, Ben's I'll, mic I'll off the table. <laughs> Ben's got such a relaxed demeanor. He's <laughs> lounging back in his chair. <laughs> where's your Where's your cup? Oh, where Where is my oh, cup? My, is. my cup is over here. So we are yeah, finishing yeah. up the three trillion beers that I got, and this one is one of their. I guess one one of the things they do is a double dry hop. They do it with a few of their beers actually. So I think they do a double dry hop scaled up. And this is a double dry hop of their Fort Point, uh, which is where the Boston-based brewery is located on Fort in the Fort Point Fort neighborhood. Fort Point, yeah. We uh, when we went there for the that old coffee expo a few years ago, we were if, like, if you say so, right down the street from this. <laughs> ben doesn't remember the coffee expo. It was a I, lot. I of remember the expo that that was that was not a positive driving experience there. <laughs> Because of uh, the snow and ice, or well, no, Boston. It, it wasn't winter when we went. It was winter, was yeah, it winter but when it was we went? like the tail end. Yeah, it was like not very cold anymore. Okay. Especially once we got to Boston, it was like rainy, but we just we just yeah, need like a sweater rain. or something. Yeah, yeah. but uh, none of the streets are labeled in Boston. Yes, that's like a oh, thing. That's well, they're a not thing. labeled, and they come up really quickly. So even if you use a GPS, you still miss half your turns. Y- yes, we we did that exact thing. We did that. Yeah, a few times. that's pretty great. Yeah. It, it we was, found ourselves the wrong great. way down a one-way. Mm, that's yeah. pretty good. We almost got on an off-ramp at one point. Nice, <laughs> nice. It was like totally an on-ramp, and then it was all of a sudden like, nope. All of a sudden, hey, Sorry. hey, cars, where are you, where are you coming from? And we had to like back down that thing. Oh, that was weird. I'm sure that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and everyone was very upset that you were not familiar with their yeah. secret street system. Yeah. <laughs> Hidden street system. Yeah. Well, street system that you need like a Dungeons and Dragons manual to decipher. Yeah, but Boston Boston drivers are known for their courteous nature <laughs> and their their calm temperament. Um, slow driving as well. Yeah. yeah oh. <laughs> slow, calm. Yeah. Uh, real gentleman. There was the wheel. there was multiple times where somebody I think it was two seconds after the light turned green, where there were two or three simultaneous people beeping their horns at that person. <laughs> maybe maybe one or two seconds. It couldn't have been more than that. Wasn't that like a study that someone did where they they would wait at a, a green light and see how long it took for someone to beep at them? That sounds like a fantastically like a terrible study. Comparative yeah. study from East Coast moving to the West Coast. To so the West and, Coast. Yeah. That sounds like it would be kind of fun. I could see that not going, not being as... Aggressive. I remember we were driving in Seattle. We were headed up towards where um, my wife's aunt lives in uh, Port Townsend. And you cross the ferry, and then you're driving on this island. And I think it's Bainbridge Island. 
and the speed limit was 45 miles an hour. And people were driving the speed limit. <laughs> which, and it's a fairly open road, not a lot of twists and turns. Sure. And people were driving the speed limit. That's weird, man. It was shocking. I'm yeah. like, like, I don't have to be there, but why are you driving so slow? <laughs> You're making me angry on my <laughs> idyllic drive through the tall trees and... Yeah. The beautiful weather. I'm like, you're you're ruining my day by <laughs> driving safely. On a straight <laughs> shot, you should be going 60. I mean, right? <laughs> pretty much anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is my East Coast bias coming into play hard. <laughs> you, you can't drive 45 miles an hour on a 45 mile an hour road. That was meant for 50, 55. Oh, for sure. Shoot, like safety of animals and people, kind of nonsense is that. Well, 50, like that. That's like. Yeah, I'm, I'm driving really responsibly right now. Yeah, I'm if fifty and a forty-five. Yeah, yeah. I mean we're we're driving slow. What's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't feel dangerous at all. No, that's some crazy talk. <laughs> oh, so the this is a double dry hopped. The hops in this guy are um, Citra and Columbus. So we finally got into those uh, citrus beers there, Citra. And I mean, there's no hiding the fact that this is this is huge, big. Big. Big on the hops. Yeah. There's a lot more herbal in this one. Yeah, edging towards a little bit of armpit aroma to it. <laughs> I did note that I, on a couple I'd of these. I'd be very jealous if my armpits smelled <laughs> like this. <laughs> I haven't used deodorant in years. I smell like <laughs> beer when I sweat. <laughs> yeah, this, it's great. It's a uh, nice, more... Um, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, again, this is this is dry, kind of like the Congress. Yep, dry. Um, it's dry. I mean, it's it's huge on the hops. Though. I mean, it's it's big. It's big. Um, uh, it's dry, but I, I'm not getting a big bitter on this. For me, this is mm-hmm. very front of palate, and or at least the bitterness isn't uh, lingering. It, mm. it it disappears really quickly. So it's kind of there, and then all the flavor is gone. It's 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 a bigger bitterness than the other ones, though. You think? For me, it hits right in the top of my palate. It hits assertively, it's almost sharp. Sure. On the front, it it for me, it's it's lingering and dissipating. You know, it's maybe and then, you know, five seconds, five ten seconds, and then it's kind of gone. Yeah. But I think when it when it hits first, at least on the top of my palate, I'm getting a big sharp. Yeah. Big sharp on the bitterness. Yeah, this a uh, bit more in the carbonation too. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure, that could definitely affect length of finish. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the fruit's really interested in this one too. I feel like um, I feel like it's it's definitely got that like. Uh, sharper kind of citrus like flavors that we're talking about. Yeah, I was gonna say like lemon almost. Yeah, but I think there's some real soft melon in there too. Uh, yeah, almost more like a like a cooked like a cooked melon, cooked yeah. peach kind of thing going yeah. in there. So there's like there's there's that sharpness, but there's something soft in there too. I hope I, I hope that comes out a little more when this warms up. I think it's gonna sure. that's the that's the feeling I get. Yeah, so to my palate we the next two we're doing uh, we're doing two, and then we're going to take a break and do the uh, three Alchemist beers from Vermont all at the same time. Mm. Um, Looking forward to that one. 
But what we did was we ended up with the, the dry hop trillium, and the next one we're going to do is the, the sip of sunshine from Lawson's Finest Liquids, which these are almost diametrically different beers as far as I can tell, can, even though they're almost the same style. Sure. So they're very different profiles, and uh, it's going to be interesting to contrast the two that are so different right next to each other. This is definitely the podcast of dead air and tasting notes. <laughs> we're we're so, contemplating. Yes, we are contemplating. <laughs> I think this is one of those where I'm going to have to put a put a uh, a warning, a parental advisory on the front. You could just uh, edit out our dead air. Saying if you're <laughs> if, a, uh, an NPR advisory there, right? <laughs> if you're if you're not into long pauses, sipping noises, and uh, tight tasting notes. Uh, all about beer. You may want to pass on this one. I hope you don't, but still. <laughs> but still, I, I don't think... So, so, some of our people may not enjoy this quite as much as others. Mm. And if you made it 50 minutes in, thanks for listening, Mr. Clemens. I appreciate that. You're the best, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't make it this far, you don't get any credit. <laughs> Man, the the fruit in this is really doing what I like, and I I think a little more of that like mint that you were talking about in the last one too mm-hmm. is starting to creep out for the finish. Mm-hmm. It's just got this little bit of cooling on your palate after you've uh, sipped it away, which is super cool. And just the, the fruit really starts off very like um like cooked or maybe candied lemon peels that kind of like there's some bitterness there's some sweetness there's some great like lemon flavor and then it just moves into that sort of softer melony peachy kind of thing it's really yeah this is my jam right here it rounds a (laughs) lot as it warms up i think that's been pretty typical of the trillion beers yeah they they warm up they just they open they change yeah that that high-end assertive bitterness that i i was getting kind of falls off a little bit. And you're right, mm. you're getting a lot more of the fruit, a lot more of that juice. It, it, it To me, it's significantly less juicy than the previous ones, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, still much more front of palate and doesn't really carry quite as back. It, it's, it's juicy up front, and then it's... Kind of goes away. Yeah, yeah, dry and crisp. And yeah. That, I, think that, uh, I think that higher uh, carbonation just kind of moves sure. it out at the end there. More, more herby on the finish, definitely, as well. Which I really like. I like mm. that herb. I'm, I'm not quite sure if I can place it. Oregano? Yeah, it's something something in that realm for sure. Yeah, like a really, really light oregano-y kind of thing, maybe. This is also the lowest alcohol beer we've had all day. It was like a six-something, right? 6.6, 6, <laughs> yeah. Low, it's 6. Uh, it's 6.6. We- it's yeah. weird. I mean, because I started later and I ended up more drinking this kind of beer, like this seems low. <laughs> Yeah, because I never drank a lot of low alcohol beers, other than like the. Now that we've gotten into the sours and the the gozas and stuff like those that, start those start to get real low. Yeah, right. we'll start to get low, but not low necessarily in flavor. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was in Vermont, I tried a Hermit Thrush oh, beer, I and it's had that. It was a three percent. Yeah. And it was just it was huge. I mean, yeah. it was It was bordering on like your on the vinegar like acidity, it was sure, big sure. acidity, and a lot of flavor. 
but a three percenter. Yep, yep. Which oh, I, I love that one of the one of the sours that stands out in my head uh, above pretty much all the rest that I've had is a Jester King called La Petite Prince, and it's I think it's two and a half. 2.8%. Wow. Uh, you had some of that, right? When mm-hmm. we did that tasting, that was like, that was different. That was special. And yeah. like, you could drink a gallon of it and not really be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but man, like that sour tart, really uh, like borderline umami going bad kind of like funkiness to it that was like really, it was really killer. <laughs> See, I, I love when people bring that up because it's, Umami going bad makes me excited. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was yeah. at one of the one of the newer uh, Thai restaurants in town called uh, Tie Me Up. Um, Whoa! Don't, don't give me that face. <laughs> don't don't give me that face, Ben. Um, oh man! <laughs> and the logo is a guy tied up with noodles. Yeah, yeah. Which is sure. which noodles. is pretty clever. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the owner on in next week or the week after. Um, Ask him if they're really noodles. <laughs> So, <laughs> regardless of what people's opinions of the name is, <laughs> the food is fantastic. And okay. I'd say it's either one of the best, it may be the best or the second best tie in, in Rochester. Fantastic. Sure. Um, Where is it? Uh, it's on Ridge Road. Ridge. Um, it's kind of the new corridor of ethnic restaurants or culturally diverse restaurants because I'm trying not to use the term ethnic restaurants. Fair. I've been told that is not the right way to do it. Whoops. But whatever. Yeah, we'll all change that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, the culturally diverse restaurant palette on Ridge Road. Um, you've got so many different things, but this just opened, and it's it's Thai and Laotian food. And you know, when they say fermented, when they say sour, when they say spicy, I'm like, oh, that just makes me excited. Mm-hmm. And they mean it at those places. Yeah, yeah. and I, w- I was really happy. You're that not going to get a little chili pepper next to your yeah. menu <laughs> no. item, and then you get it, and you're like, I, I mean, I guess. Well, when they say <laughs> spicy, they give you a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, okay. Now, in a lot of places, if you order 10, it's, oh, this is pretty hot. Yeah. Um, they don't white it up here at all. Um, it's really assertively spicy. Yeah. Like, I had a 7, and it's, like, like serious business hot. All right, all right. Um. Like, okay, you're sweating a little bit and your mouth is searing a little bit. Yeah. I haven't gone to 10 yet, but oh, I'm going to try and edge like my, my way up to it. sounds like my limit. I'm going to try and edge my way up to it, but. I've had a few meals where, oh, I'll compare it to, uh, I'll compare it to a pepper beer. Mm. Ghostface Killer. Oh, yeah. Ghostface Killer tastes like beer for about oh, two seconds. And then just all of your senses are burned away. Right. Uh, tastes like burning. Yeah, yeah, and I know what that tastes like now. Like, know exactly what that tastes like now. Um, so that I don't, I don't like that. I like the flavors to persist through the, through the burning. Yeah, I forget. But I don't I mind for, some burn as I long forget. as I can still taste everything afterwards. Yeah, right? and I think yeah. that the pe- the pepper beer. I don't, I don't want to call it a phenomenon because I don't think it ever lived up to a phenomenon. Nope, nope. no, it did not. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, but. I mean, it was kind of hitting a little bit. I mean, for a little while, the novelty seemed to be semi-popular for a few minutes. Yeah. It, um, so beers like that, they're not great for drinking on their own, but if you're pairing it with food, it, it actually makes a little bit more sense. 
But most people aren't drinking them like that. Yeah, so. because I tried a couple that really tasted like pepper. Right. Like you could really taste green pepper. Yeah. And it was, I found that really interesting. I like that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the pepper stouts, they're doing okay. Um, they're going for like that Mexican hot chocolate thing where it's like spicy and chocolatey, like sweet and hot. That's, I, I get that. Um, and that's very popular. It's I think what not is something it? I want to drink a lot of, but I get it. But like some of those, good. some of those like stouts and heavy, mm-hmm. the imperial stouts are, they're very popular. Very very sure. popular. Yeah, the Mexican cake is the one that I think that made that very popular, or it's the most popular among them. Uh, and we're serving one at Joe Bean right now, um, called Reunion Sixteen by Schmaltz. It's a collaboration with Schmaltz and Terrapin, and it's brewed with chocolate, cocoa nibs, cinnamon, vanilla ginger and mexican chili peppers wow um and it's it's not a stout it's a brown ale it's just a little bit lighter and uh all those flavors are like really very mellow and and yeah the, the heat's pretty the pretty heat's low. very low it's very reasonable it takes the spro bombs magically <laughs> oh that'd be really interesting yeah, with all those like flavors going on really everything just is like there's it's very accepting i would say uh, which is awesome. Someone is blowing up my phone over there. <laughs> silence. <laughs> Maybe. Yep, there it goes. It's silenced. That was close. It's a complicated lever on these iPhones. <sighs> Almost unprofessional. In <laughs> it's a good thing I pulled it back right at the end. <laughs> oh. So we're going to our second taste of the of the double dry hopped. Four point. I'll tell you that that first that first aroma is very it's very sharp, um, even sharper than the pineapple we were talking about in the Congress. And I think that this is where you get some of those. And you say some of those weird. It's not an off flavor, but it's one of those tasting notes that I think some people would get a little weirded out by. I think the aroma in that first taste. Kind of plays in that that cat piss range, I think. I mean, to my recollection, it's been a while since I had a cat. I I, I don't know if I'd say it's quite that aggressive. No, maybe not that aggressive, but it's it's hard to define that first. At least for me, it's hard to define that first. First, when it hits the palate, it's really it's hard to define what that is. Uh, no, I know what you mean. Because it's not quite bitter, it's it's bright, it's palate, it it covers the whole palate, mm-hmm. and I know it's from the hops. It's you know it's that big hop flavor. Yeah, kind of skunky. Yeah, just a just a touch of that. This definitely doesn't get as skunky as a lot of the beers. Yeah, yeah. I've had some hops are just like got that like kind of cannabis skunk going on, mm. and I wouldn't say that's in this one, but no, no, certainly not. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this is certainly a nice uh, example of kind of what dry hopping contributes as far as how that affects aroma, how yeah. it affects sharpness aroma, those kind of greener, herby type flavors coming through. Um, is that pretty typical? Yeah, and then certainly with something like citra. Citra is a fairly high alpha acid so that's very going yeah. to contribute a good amount of bitterness. Yeah, uh, we're I mean they're they're contributing it pretty late, right? So 
theoretically it's getting very minimal bitterness into the beverage, but I think that's kind of what you're hinting at is right. a little bit of that bite that's not it's not there in its fullness by any extent, but it's it's there in, in some capacity. So when you talk about dry hopping, so if you can explain where, where that is in the process, I know I mean Sure. So I, I again I I'm by no means calling myself uh an expert in exactly how these sure. things interact, but typically you can break hop additions down into a few different ranges. Uh, the earlier a hop is added into the uh, the boil, uh, the more bitterness it contributes. If you add it a little bit later, it's contributing more flavor. And then if you contribute it closer to flame out or after flame out uh, with, with dry hopping, it's primarily contributing uh, aromatics. And oil in hops is uh, what holds the most aromatics. So that's if you continue to boil those oils, they, they start uh, breaking down there. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Jim's cracking your next beer as, uh, as Ben is explaining the our dry boil. hopping process. The oil boil. <laughs> the old oil boil. <laughs> so we're moving on to our first... Well, I, I show you, this is not a Vermont beer. This is a Connecticut beer, um, but it's one of those people, one of those that people kind of, I don't know, um, I don't know, equate with Vermont for some reason. It, it, it I think it's uh, definitely sold it's, a lot there. I think it's both. I think they, um, I think they originally had their brewery in Vermont, and then they couldn't keep up with production in their facility, and they moved it over the border to a contract brew. Which, from talking to locals last year when I was in Vermont, was one of the most offensive things you could ever do. Just <laughs> move out of Vermont. Is move move outside of uh, outside of Vermont by about a mile so that you can keep up with production to keep everyone drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah. This, this sounds like a thing to look up. Yeah. All right. So they are a small brewery located in Warren, Vermont, and Two Roads is doing their brewing. Two Roads is located yeah. in Connecticut. Hmm. Right. Two Roads is awesome, by the way. I, by the way, I'm just smelling my glass after the last one in that. <laughs> just the leftover aromas in there. Man, that's that's those are some pretty big, nasty aromas in that last one. <laughs> yeah. Not to say I don't like it. I mean, that's I, I'm not sure I've acclimated everybody to my to some of my terminology, and there's a lot of things that are intense and nasty and aggressive that I really like, and that tends to be a lot of the things I like about fat you ever call something fat if it's good this or podcast sick. thank thanks sick. thanks for thanks for bringing us back to the 90s are we going to start shredding right now fat. too <laughs> <laughs> mad jams pitted so pitted <laughs> pitted <laughs> all right so we're so we, we are we are moving on to the sip of sunshine here this is the the lawson's finest liquids beer Label is an IPA, but it's at eight percent, so it's basically a double IPA. It's at that a point. double, yeah. We 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 can we can confirm that with rate beer if we want. Let's see what they say. This is the the darkest the darkest by color of the beers we've had so far. I think that's not as dark as I remember though either. It's got a it's got a little bit more color to it. Everything else we've had has been uh, very hazy and light, super light. Yeah, this yeah. has got a he- much higher clarity to it. 
Yeah, probably the most clear beer we've had so far. I think the darker. Yeah. So that would usually indicate what a darker malt, a more rich malt base. Yeah, a bit of a darker malt and then um, definitely some filtering. All those other ones have definitely been. Oh, wow. There is no commercial description online for this beer. No hmm. way. Pretty rare. Has the best rating out of the beers that we've drank so far today, though. And, I mean, I can Which see why this is... A 100 per- and 100 as opposed to... A 100 and a 99, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've been drinking what you might call some beautiful beers. <laughs> yeah, we've been struggling today, so this is... <laughs> this one is definitely more round. Yeah. Um, Earthier. Yeah, earthier, a little more malt. Uh, it's a little uh, earthier, aroma. sweeter. Right, that's a little, like little funk. I, I wouldn't say sweeter on the palate. Hmm. I, I, I might say, as far as the nose, maybe a little bit more of that um, almost uh, nougaty kind of character. Yeah, but real subtle, not not by any means overpowering. I remember the first time I tried this. I think this is one of the first beers where the tropical fruit thing came forward. Mm-hmm. Right. It kind of screams the tropical fruits. It does. It's got that. Uh, although I'm wondering, where was this canned? Um, this is think, not how I remember the I last I think this one I is labeled. It. Yeah, and it seems a little less tropical fruity than I remember. Yeah, same. This one is about, a, I bought it about three weeks ago. Three weeks to a month. Well, seven, twelve. 16. So about a month. About a month. That's not too bad. Yeah, I definitely... So the, my, my remembrance of this last time I had it was maybe... Oh, maybe a year, maybe two years ago I had this. No. I think so. No, we... Chris, you brought one in. I think I brought some to you last year, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was before that. I don't think I got any, though. I think I stuck to Tahiti last time you went. Ah. I don't think I went for the Sip of Sunshine. Um, But I I remember, I remembered my first impression of it was like heady, but like maltier and pinier. Whereas heady is like softer and and more tropical. And I remembered this being like a little bit sharper, a little bit heavier, and really enjoying that, um, that they were doing something very similar to heady, but also very different. I really... And people liked it just as much. It was like one of those things that was like super highly rated online. Um, but this is this isn't quite how I remember it. I wonder what's going on with that. Yeah, it doesn't seem any less enjoyable, but it does seem Definitely. a little. It seems a little less fruity than I recall it being. Same. Yeah. March nineteenth. Oh, you've he's got a picture of it yeah. in his phone. And our counters. <laughs> Oh, geez, and even got the new menus and everything in there. <laughs> that was just not you, that long you, ago. You can, you can date it based on the menus. <laughs> the men, menus not on a clipboard. Ooh, got I, rem- it. I remember that mid-March menu. Oh, man. <laughs> it's really notable. To me, uh, much more of those like uh, kind of candied, mm. candied citrus type characters in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, letting this one. I'm gonna let this one warm up a little bit. I think it. You get a little of that, that bright, that brightness on the, on your tongue. 
yeah. best I do. And it's even though it's not a it's not a super bright beer, I think I get a little bit of that. Some of that citrus acidity on the tongue, a very light amount. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm getting more like stewed fruits. I th- I feel mm. like uh, out of the this out of, compared to the other ones. Yeah, definitely so, darker. Yeah, and a little more like like sweeter cooked kind of like, uh, like I, I, I'm definitely thinking peaches right now. I think the first time I had it, I thought papaya. Mm. When I got when I got this batch when I first got it. Yeah. It was weird. I, it was very distinctive the first time I had it, but that was you know right after I got it too. Yeah, and I know that's the thing about these IPAs—they do change over time. They do, they do. And you know, month isn't a lot, but it, they do change even over a month. They do totally. It's those, I, those organic acids. Uh, to me, I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, floral characteristics. Um, Maybe a little bit of like a peony kind of character in there. Smell mine. I'm smelling different things out of yours. That's not just your mouth, is it? <laughs> I have a very floral mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> Weird. Sip it straight from the can. <laughs> oh, that's fair. And we are going to be breaking that rule for all the Alchemist beers. Oh, yeah. Drink from the can. I mean, if I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in a koozie. You can't tell it's beer. <laughs> Come on, obviously. You know what's going on here. It's fine. I'm almost home. <laughs> <laughs> a few turns, a few twists, a couple couple scratch cars on the side of the road. No big deal. It's only 7%. <laughs> it's like milk. Actually, I can't drive after drinking milk. That's a dangerous thing. No, that that would be even worse. <laughs> it's even I'd worse. be panicking. <laughs> I would panic a little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like this, yeah, I get, I get that what this is doing to me, but the milk would just make me just mm. that would be disastrous. <laughs> and I'd take a pill, I'd be clenching and <laughs> making terrible noises. And, clenching uh, is never a positive. <laughs> no, very few things you clench that are good. <laughs> so I, I just learned about a uh, a drinking game where there, there's this fantasy series I've I've read through. Uh, called the, the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant. And it's uh, following this guy who's a leper, and he uh, really bitter guy. He is uh, That's just a great concept for anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's He starts a, off, hey, this guy's a leper. He's a leper. So he's a leper, and he uh, lives this kind of terrible life. And... Uh, well, he's a cat, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> He ends up uh, getting hit by a car, and sounds like up. a real uplifting, yeah. real uplifting series. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he wakes up, and he's this like uh, savior in this this fantasy land. Ah. And uh, he he immediately thinks, "Oh, this must be my brain generating something. This can't be real." But then he doesn't wake up, and he just kind of stays in this land. And uh, all the things that were wrong about him were 
now suddenly indicators that he's this like magical savior in this place. Uh, but so anyways, there's this drinking game uh, that the author uh, very frequently uses the word clench. Ah. <laughs> and so what you're supposed to do is uh, flip to any random page <laughs> and then search. And the first person who finds the word clench wins and everyone else has to drink. <laughs> That's wow. great. So you need like five or six copies of this book. Yep. Five or six friends. <laughs> And something to drink, and then you get to like flip through and do that. Five or six friends you want to ruin their spirits <laughs> by having them read a book about a leper who got hit by a car and is stuck in a. <laughs> I, I think the world. game is called Clenching, though. I Clenching. The, uh, oh, the yeah. Game title. Yeah. I do appreciate that. I think that's a good, that's a great name for it. A good clenching game. <laughs> a, 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 a nice clenching game. <laughs> clenching. It's fun for the whole afraid. family. <laughs> Super afraid that was going to come back to lactose somewhere, but it didn't. So. <laughs> All right. Oh. Man. It's getting sweeter. I I was about to say the opposite. Really? You think? Um, oh, right, well, in, the, I, right I, in the middle. I, I, I definitely say the sweetness coming is coming out more. But yeah. uh, for me, the bitterness is definitely going up, going up quite quite a bit. I think the aroma is getting more fruity too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, the whole thing's opening up much nicer. I think this is where that that tropical fruit really it, it's it was big. Uh, it was notable before, but I think yeah. it really comes out now. I think that's where this, sure. uh, as I recall, the papaya. I think you get more of that. It's not quite the level syrupy, but it's got some of that, some of that honey, honey, and a little of that floral and all that. I, yeah. I think this has been the the heaviest body of all the I, beers we've tasted for sure. Yeah, definitely, and it doesn't finish super sweet though. No, I think it, it's definitely the most. I think it's the most rounded of the of the beers we've had so far. Sure. Um, delicious, nonetheless. I mean, this. The thing is, we we can we're talking about all the differences between all these beers, but they're all dynamite. They're all really excellent. Yeah, but they're it's this this is kind of the example of hey, we're drinking all these highly rated things that are so different from each other, even though they come within you know they were they're made within a small region and it's yeah. ostensibly almost they're they're close to the same style. Yeah, they're all very very close. Mm-hmm. We're talking IPA and everything, but they're so different. Which is why I find this I find the style so intriguing because you get all these different flavors, all these different concepts, all these different dimensions. I, I think honey's spot on there. Yeah. Kind of more of a like a buckwheat, a little bit of an earthier honey in there. Hmm. Mm. Say two below. <sighs> wow. I think this is this is the first one we've had that's <laughs> got two row. Um, as part of the malts. No, no, no. One of the other ones did. Really? Oh, the first, the two. I I didn't look up um, haze. I guess. No, it was. Uh, I think it was the first trillium. Oh, the first one. 
Mm. Yeah. Man, I, I do love that one. It was hard for me for a while. I mean, just deciding between that and some of the alchemists. It was it was hard to decide. I remember the first time when I went up there, it was, you know, Hetty Topper and Sip of Sunshine were the ones that are available. Mm-hmm. It was hard to decide between the two. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned before, I think they're complementary beers in a lot of ways. So, oh, the Congress um, Street has two rounds. <laughs> well, we've gotten through five. Count them five. Delicious beers. Fancy IPAs. We're going to take another quick break, and I'm going to regale you with some other MIDI music. I don't know what it is yet, but you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back in a minute. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. Yeah. We spent our break maligning wineries and other things, so we're not going to continue that during the podcast because we're nice people. Oh, look at that cracking sound. We're drinking beer. So what we are diving into is the flagship beer of The Alchemist and one of the most well-known beers in the beer nerdery realm, uh, Heady Topper. This is this is one of those like beers. Magic. That, this is one of those beers that people, you know, kind of screamed for for a long time, and it was one of the first. I wouldn't call it the first, but it's one of those beers that people waited in line for for years and years. Might be one of the first on our side of the country. Yeah, West Coast had some before us, like yeah. at uh, Russian River. Russian River, man, those um, guys. Yeah, what what a cool place that is. Mm. Um. That was that was a great experience going up there, and I did the uh, full tasting menu. Very jealous, very, very jealous. <laughs> full tasting menu. I think it was twenty three beers. Oh my god! That they had on tap at the time. Their beers are just. <laughs> that was really unique. It's such such a different. They had a lot of different styles. It was really interesting place. But anyways, so Hetty Topper is one of those beers I had heard of even before I started drinking because it was like people were bringing it back from Vermont oh, by yeah. the by the can and people were intrigued by it and oh, it was yeah. one of the first fancy beers I tasted thanks to uh, thanks to Ben across the table from me talked to one of our regulars into buying a case for oh us. yes yeah. yes Mr. Mr. Uh, Danny over there yeah. shout out to D- Danny Zeman yeah <laughs> I, I that that was I think the first that was the first time I tried it in one of the first one of the first fancy beers I'd ever really had oh man and Oof. you know in in many ways, uh, Ben over here actually introduced me to craft beer, giving peer, me samples. Peer pressured into, I, I'd say, <laughs> light, light to medium chug, peer pressure. Chug, 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 chug. He started giving me my first samples and then <laughs> non samples and non samples, <laughs> and then kind of whetted my appetite with one of the best beers in America. Yeah, and then it kind of all went. Did down he, did he do there. that thing where he's just like, give me five dollars? I think, and then he I just think took that your money and yeah. ran off, and then came back with a beer. 
Because yeah. we weren't allowed to sell it, so he just took enough money to cover his own costs. I think that might have been exactly Just it. like gave you a beer that was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and this was that beer. This was it. Um, and this, this is one of those that people would bring under the table everywhere. Oh, and yeah. This is well. This is, and because we live like a seven-hour drive from this brewery, you see a lot of it where we are. Right, people oh. are. Someone's always willing to make that road trip. Um, yeah, and I, I love. Like I said, I made the road trip from the Adirondacks, so for me it was a. Well, before it was an hour and a half drive to Burlington, where you could buy it from resellers like the Beverage Warehouse in Winooski, mm-hmm. which they do a great job. But now the Alchemist has opened their own um, retail location in Stowe, Vermont. Which is about a two-hour drive from where I was. I, I, <coughs> I stunning. Stay, I stay in Stowe. I've got a free house out there, so that's really oh, good news do you for really? me. Yes, sir. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> um, one beautiful facility. Yeah. Um, when we went, it had only been open for about three weeks. Oh, man. And see, I was in Stowe last September. Oh, jeez. Almost a year ago from now, I was in Stowe, and I was like, "Wish I could go to the Alchemist." Like, yeah. <laughs> I tell you this for being three weeks old, they had it down to a T. Um, we waited about half an hour in line, and half an hour, forty-five minutes in line. But they started half an hour before they were supposed to open because there were people waiting out in the sun. Sure, yeah. They started moving, and I thought they did a really nice job with moving people through the line. They had merchandise on one side. You walk through, they're like, you want a sample of any of the three beers? You can have a sample, um, have a sample, have a couple, whatever. But they, they made it nice. It was, it's not meant to hang out. It's yeah. not a hangout brewery. But they made the experience really pleasant. Uh, is it just a retail spot, or are they actually brewing there as well? They're brewing there. It's a big oh, brewing okay. spot. So apparently Boy. all the, the Hetty's still brewed at the old facility. Yeah. And this one's mostly for Focal Banger and... Mm. Uh, which we'll be tasting in a second, Fokelbanger mm-hmm. and Crusher. Um, while the old facility, I think, is pretty much dedicated to Hetty Topper. So uh, That makes sense. Yeah, so what we're drinking now is, uh, like I said, it's their signature beer. It's what they're most known for. And this is their double IPA, 8%. Um, it's lovely. Uh, what's standing out to most to me right now is the malts that... Um, just really kind of like light biscuitiness, um, little bit of earthy in there, very very light earthy, and then um, I don't know, it's it's maybe it's all the other IPAs I've had right now because <laughs> we've been been putting them back, yeah. Uh, but it's really like I'm like extremely impressed with how the malts come through on this. Yeah, S- makes it um, not assertive, but it makes it stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in like uh, an aggressive or overstated way. It's very just like there and delicious and not like leaping out at you. It's great. Yeah, it doesn't have a very big aroma either. It's a it's a sweeter aroma. It's lighter. Sweeter, more floral, fruity, yeah. Um, and this is one of those where, for me, I always got a lot of apple juice. Okay. Almost. Um, oh, I could see that, yeah. Now, obviously, it's not nearly that sweet, but... Mm-mm. No, I, I could definitely see apple juice, though. Mm-hmm. But this kind of has that definitive... This is like that middle resin. Yeah, mm-hmm. that middle resin, really. Oh. It's it's assertive. Um, you know, maybe not quite as much as the other ones we're going to taste. 
But it's... Certainly not. <laughs> it is. I know what the last beer we're going to drink tastes like. So. It's, a, it's a delicious... <laughs> it's It's got a lot of balance to yeah. it. Yeah. I love Almost, the aroma. Uh, like a like a dandelion-y type character in that... Uh, a little that medicinal, a little herbal. Yeah, I can definitely see well, that. Definitely floral, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah very floral. Oh, you're yeah. talking flower, not like, not greens. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I went straight to greens. And I yeah, was like, I did I too, yeah. I don't think it's quite that herbal, but a little herbal. but not. Yeah, because it's got, I think the bitterness comes out at the end more than the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the others we t- tasted, the bitterness came up front in the palate and on the tongue. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't hit until the end of the, end of the yeah. first wave. Um, yeah, for for me the bitterness is is uh, lingering in the aftertaste, mm-hmm. um, but but light, not like um, yeah, lingering. I think but not haze. Heavy. Yeah, when we had haze, I think was that the one that the aftertaste was just like bitter for. Yeah, I think that was more ages. so than you'd ex- more so than you'd expect. Um, the, or maybe uh, I'm thinking the, the Congress second, Street, the second Congress or the second Trillium, the um, Congress Street. Not Congress Street, the uh, nope. uh, uh, scaled up, scaled up. up. That the, was the, the, the double. Yep. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, this yeah. bitterness lingers longer than most of the others. Yeah, I would but say it does come on late, which was which I find yeah. I kind of find that pleasant because it almost dries out towards the end, mm-hmm. while the front is that, like I said, that apple juice that mm-hmm. it, it plays a little sweeter, and I think that brings that balance that I think a lot of people love about this beer because mm-hmm. it totally. finishes dry, but it brings a lot of that approachability and drinkability at the front yeah very um i don't know to, to me it's it's quite sweet up front and um it lasts into the aftertaste but not in like a building or coin kind of way yeah um and it does have enough bitterness to balance that out so that it feels quite a bit drier and it's weird to scale sweetness you know we've we've been drinking ipas through this whole thing so our scale of sweetness, although this has sweetness, when we say it's, when I say it's like apple juice, you know, it's not nearly that kind of sweetness. It brings some of that characteristic, but it's kind of a scale on its own. You know, it's got sweetness compared to the other ones. You know, it's not, it's not like drinking a soda or something like that. You right. Know, it's Still quite a, quite a bit of bitterness in there. Yeah, and I, I, I'd say the, the sweetness is um, kind of for using that, that honey comparison from before. Yeah. It's a much lighter, more delicate kind of mm. honey. It, it's not that, like, heavy sticking around. It's 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 light. It's that, that, that biscuity character coming back again. Mm. Um, yeah, super delicate. Super delicate. I, I can and will drink a lot of this. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of my true favorites. It's, you know, it's it's weird when you talk to people when you're saying, "Oh, I brought all this stuff back." Like, oh, I'll have the other stuff. I don't want heady topper. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard because it's because people have had it enough. Right, it's been or, around a little bit more. Yeah, people aren't as interested. But it's one of the one of the well noted great beers for a reason. I think yeah, it's for sure. it's. Super drinkable. It's super approachable, but it brings all those high end characteristics as well. I think it's Yum. it's kind of hard to beat. It's really hard to beat. It's really, I, and I, you know I've been one of those people that's passed up on Hetty Topper, um, but you know I went last year 
I was in Vermont, and Focal Banger, which you've got right here, was a restaurant uh, bar only beer. There was no retail spot for it. The brewery wouldn't let you in through their doors, so you couldn't buy it there. And if you wanted it, you had to go to a bar or a restaurant. Uh, and it was a $7 can, and that's that's what you paid, which I, I thought was really cool that they were sending Hetty Topper to bottle shops and retail places and selling that that way, and you could get Hetty Topper anywhere. You could take Hetty Topper by the case home if you wanted. You had to you had to know the routes and the delivery times and be there to get it and wait in line and stuff, but you could do it. It wasn't undoable. Um, but Focal Banger, it was... It was bars only. You couldn't take it back to your friends. Right. If you wanted to share that with someone, you had a you had a car trip right. to to share that with someone. Well, um, I think I think the great thing, you know, because they expanded, and I think some of these other brews are expanding as well. I mean, Treehouse is expanding, so you're going to yeah. be able to get more of that soon. So right now, the hype is so high because the availability is so limited. Right. And I think, you know, the the hype on Alchemist is going to die down at some point, but the fact what what John Kimmich is doing him and his wife and his team over there, the fact that they've created these three different beers that are, they play in the same vein, but they're so different from each other, and they're all yeah. three fantastic. They're all fantastic. And the fact that there's usually only like three or four beers available, they have other stuff that comes out as well, but it's a limited slate. You yeah. still have to go there to get it. You can't get it outside 30 miles away from the brewery, 30, 40 miles. Right. Yeah. You still have to go there to get it. And even even though they're becoming more available, they're still exceptional, and they're still excellent. Uh, yeah, they're still worth seeking out. I mean, we're not talking about stuff that uh, now it's kind of generic and boring. Right, right. It, it it's, still stands gotten, out amongst the crowd. It's gotten yeah. too big, and and that the, the flavor doesn't hold up to what it used to with a smaller production. Or yeah, it's really, it really is that excellent. Um, uh, and I guess you know, me and Chris, we, we've talked about this before. There's something to be said for a brewery that brews three beers excellently instead absolutely of, instead of 14 or 20 beers okay um it, yeah, it's know. such it's such a hard standard to live up to when they're they make three beers and the, you know two all the time and one is kind of seasonal i think they're gonna rotate right. crusher in and out yeah like that they're gonna make three sense. three to four beers at a time right and that's all they make and they sell every single can they make yeah heady topper for a long time that was the only beer you could find by them and they didn't branch out from it. They didn't say, oh, we need to make something else. We're like, no, we just need this to be perfect every single time. And that's what we're going to put our energy into. And I think uh, they opened their doors 2007. Do you know? I think it was 2007. I think it's 2000. That sounds about right. That yeah. sounds, yeah. Because they so, had a brew pub for a long time until it burned. Yeah. So they were, it was available. And the way canning started, I, I read about this recently. The way canning started for them was that the, the demand for it was so high, they were only selling it in either glasses or in, in growlers. People were taking it away from there and canning it themselves and <laughs> making their own labels. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, okay, people are doing this this much and the demand is so high. All right, we should probably can it ourselves. That's great. But I think that was kind of the that was the one of the first ones that had that kind of huge demand for it. Sure. Yeah. And now if you go to Vermont, you can find you know, five or six more breweries that haven't started canning yet. Yeah. Like foam brewing starting to get some hype behind it. Well, they're not canning. You can't bring it away from there unless you bring a growler. Yeah. And, um, then, and then it's only going to last for a few days, maybe a week. Right. You got to bring it right away. You got to drink drinking. it. Yeah. Um, that, that was not, that was meant to get you home. 
and then you get and then you drink it there. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah. And speaking of which, I'm going to give a shout out to um, the people at Paradox Brewing up in the Adirondacks in Scroon Lake. Um, I stopped in there on my way out of the Adirondacks, and I got to say I was pretty impressed with the stuff they were doing. Uh, their single IPA, I forget the name of it offhand, but uh, pretty good stuff. And if you happen to be in the High Peaks area, one of the better options in and around that area, they're not really distributed yet, but... Uh, good people, and I guess the main brewer and uh, his fiance, fiance or wife, I forget, are from Rochester. Oh, no kidding. So they moved up there, and they're running this place out of Scroon Lake, and really tasty stuff. So if you're in around that area, definitely stop in the uh, Paradox Brewing. I, I haven't had anything by Paradox yet, but I've actually heard about them before. Yeah. I've heard some good stuff, so yeah. Hopefully, yeah, the- hopefully some of that will find its way to me soon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Would, Maybe next time I go up, I'll. I filled up a growler last time, and I kind of drank it all myself. Oh, that's um, understandable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I would have done if. I next next time I go up, I'll bring some back. It was, yeah. it was good stuff. So we're finishing up our heady topper right now. Did you guys get more honey right at the end there? More honey, a lot more floral on the nose. Big floral on yeah. the nose now. It reminds me if if you've ever smelled. Um, just like a bag of uh, dried malt, actually. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that uh, really the, the love light that sweet malt. Love yeah. that smell. Yeah, it's kind of you kind of get that. It's floral, but uh, some dirt aroma in there as well. Some of that. Mm. It, it, it smells fantastic. I really, yeah. I really enjoy it. Malt is a complex a special aroma and malts. <laughs> well, and they're they're hitting it without it being too overdone. Yeah. yeah, not nothing feels heavy about it. It's still very light. That is a that is a thing that gets very heavy very quick. Right. So, unlike some of the other ones, we actually started with the double IPA because it was what everybody has seen before, Heady Topper, and we're moving down to their single IPA, which still comes in at seven percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I feel like this is a bit more bitter. Uh, it's been you a while know, since I, I've I kind of thought so. I sort of thought that this would be. A good second because what I remembered of Hetty was so soft. Yeah, and it's it's not, you know, it's a single IPA, but it's by no means a light beer. No. <laughs> um, I drank a lot of this when I was out there last year, and it, it really is delightful. I mean, they're all three of their beers are very different, even though they place, like I said, in a similar in a similar playground. This is um this is aroma wise this is like uh, still kind of floral but more on a, like a greener kind of herbal herbial See, side. I think this is the one I had this one recently. This is the one for me that played so much more on that that armpit odor. Yeah. Mm. Again, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it's it's funky. Yeah. It's, this one's not like Hetty Topper is easy in comparison to Hetty Topper is easy. Hetty Topper is really easy compared to this. This one's less sweet. It's definitely more funky. Easy is like approachable, drinkable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In a good way. I mean, it's not it's, not to say it's boring. Because Heady yeah. Tupper's not boring, but this is this is much more challenging when it comes to the aroma, when it comes to the taste. I so, find uh, this kind of the kind of the difference between, you know, a pickled vegetable and a sauerkraut and then to a kimchi. Oh, oh, okay. This kind of plays on the kimchi funk scale a little bit that's a very specific comparison yeah 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 you like your 
vegetable pickle kimchi. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Sauerkraut for good measure. So this is a, a, a citra mosaic composition as well on this. Mm. That makes sense. I love mosaics. Mm. They always bring in that softer, melony, peachy kind of mm-hmm. malic acidy. I think this one kind of mm. has that dry, dry bitterness. Right at the end there, it's a transitional bitterness too because totally. it comes. It's a rounded, smooth, and then it sort of dries out. Yeah, towards the end. I I definitely feel like it's a little bit sweeter in the beginning, and then that that end is a just sweeter, um, but I. I, I a little more acidity kind of structure to it as well. Yeah, it's yeah. very crisp. Much, um, yeah. Much, much more crisp than the heady. Heady topper is so much rounder. Yeah, very soft. Yeah, very soft. And this, I really, I really dig this beer a lot. Um, uh, I remember getting this for the first time last year and thinking, like, wow, I'm drinking, like, drinking heady topper for grown-ups like right now <laughs> yeah like, that's what i'm doing like the heady topper like i'd give that to like my little brother you know this was like designed to get those guys whose palates aren't quite developed right and then like you get like you really get into beer and you like those more bitter flavors and stuff and then you can step up the focal banger and like it's not entirely all true but like focal banger, I, man if there's any listeners left i feel like we've just offended a lot of them <laughs> Yeah, so so we're an hour and thirty eight into the actual talking, and I have no idea if people are going to listen to this, but I don't really care at this point because I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun. Um, but yeah, it, it's beer for big boys. <laughs> I'm a big beer drinker now. Nah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just big bone, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, if we haven't put people off by drinking eight unaccessible beers. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we can't get any of this stuff here, but we're drinking the finest stuff you can find in the Northeast. So you can't have any of it, but we're having it. We're going to describe it in intimate detail so you can all be jealous of us. The lowest rated IPA we drank was a 98. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you for inviting me to this. Yeah. Uh, what a whole bunch oh of assholes we goodness. are. <laughs> Cannot complain about where but, I am right now. <laughs> but but we're doing it nonetheless. And we're going to post this in its hole, and we're not going to complain at all. Yeah. Nobody's going to listen to it. I don't care. We're going to put in <laughs> some, some video game MIDI music in there. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, it's glorious. We have to pick the second one, though. What are we going to do for the second one? Uh, you know, I'm part- Kirby's Adventure first. Yeah, no, you you could you could maybe do some uh, Legend of Zelda. Wouldn't uh, Ooh. wouldn't feel wrong. In yeah, there, you know, and people know that one too. Yeah, that one sticks out. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That would be that would be my go to, or maybe Metroid. Ooh, Metroid. Some Metroid theme in there. Some yeah. of the background. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Would that. Be okay. That was a great game. Metroid. I see where we're going. Yeah, that is a that is an eight bit game that you can lose your life into. <laughs> Which is hard to do, right? I, I'm voting more for the uh, the sounds that Link makes when oh, he, uh, just he rolls around. Link sound effects of him rolling, yeah. 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 You're thinking, uh, you're thinking N64 sound effects yeah, though. Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah. Ocarina yeah. of Time, rolling, chopping. Yeah. That's way too advanced for what we're talking about. Jumping. We're talking about generic <laughs> MIDI sounds. I'm thinking like Excite Bike. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, really, really generic noises. Excite Bike. Yeah. Ice hockey. Ice hockey. Blades of Glory. Yeah. Mmm. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no, sorry, that was Blades of Steel. Blades of yes. Glory is that really awesome movie. I was thinking Tecmo Super Bowl because that was my most played oh, NES yeah, game yeah. ever. That was a good one. I played some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, ben, you have you had this one before? No. This this, this is my first time tasting this. Awesome. I've got to say, this is this is definitely what it might be the most aggressive of all the IPAs we've tasted so far. The double hopped double hop four point was pretty assertive. Pretty assertive, yeah. But this this one this carries more bitterness than that. Yeah, I might say the was it the Congress Street? What was the second one? No, that was Step, a steep stepped up. Stepped up. Yeah, um, that that I think might ha- be on level with bitterness on this one. I, to me, scaled it, up. It, it, we're gonna keep on scaled messing up. up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I said stepped up, and I was like, that didn't feel right, but it <laughs> sounded right. We're we're not gonna. Jeez. We should keep Apologies a- to the Trillium Brewing Company in Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. Trillium, we love you guys. For completely messing up, scaled up, I'd say a solid dozen times during this podcast. Your beers are fantastic, so fantastic. don't take any offense to it. Also, we had eight beers. <laughs> We're only at seven, six and a half. It will be eight. It will definitely be eight. Okay. All right. I'll see you in the future on how many I've had. <laughs> To, to me, that one, because of the, the sweetness level, uh, the, the, beginning, the scaled yeah. up, played a little bit more bitter. Uh, to me, this is... Because um, of that Negroni effect? Yeah. It, 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 yeah, I think that's a really good comparison right yeah. there, that Negroni effect. To me, this is almost getting a, uh, like a, I don't know, like a green tea kind of quality to it. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe a little, I, a little phenolic kind of. Yeah, I would have never, I would have never said green tea, but I'm, but I'm really glad you did. That's totally, that's totally what that aftertaste is like—an overextracted green tea kind of flavor. Like I said, I think this one has the most. I don't want to call it off taste, but these are the, these are those smells and, and tastes compared to all the others. These are, I think, the most. Like you said, this is the most challenging of all these. Well, beers, I, I I, I'd say it's the the least fruity. The least fruity, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it. To me, it's not overly, not massively funky. You know, it, it's not like it's a straight like, uh, you know, vinegar smelling kind of thing. Or I'd agree with that. I think it's like that. I think it's those weird aromas on the front. The we, weird, weird would be a better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I think what you're saying with that arm pity. Almost urine smell to it. It's yeah, the, the, it, it's stank. not and not in a bad way. It stinks, um, but it's 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 a very complex, challenging. Right, beer. A, a little bit of a resiny smell, but yeah, it, it, the, the the malt doesn't back that up too much. Um, mm. I, I do really enjoy this one. This is one of my favorites. This really. It, like it's definitely challenging. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I I really really like it. I like that um, a little bit sweet biscuity kind of front, and then um, just a lot more bitterness in it. Mm. <laughs> well, I think There's what I'm going to do still some softer fruits in there. Yeah. Oh man. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Ben step away for a second and go grab the last of the Alchemist beers out of the fridge. Mm. If, if you force me to. <laughs> and uh, while, well, you're gone, while you're gone, we're going to sing an Annie tune. Ooh, whoa. It's a hard knock life You might want us. 
You might want me to go. It's He's a hard knock life for us. Ben's got the best voice out of us here. I... Hey, hey, <clears> what the, what the hell are you talking about? I'll just say this: I've been paid to stop singing. I I was a trained singer in high school. Were you really? I was indeed. Wow, I was I was I was trained to stop singing <laughs> in high school. I was, I, I was in the anything I did with my voice that wasn't just normal speaking was wrong. I was I was in the select chorus. We still got a little bit of this vocal banger, guys. We should probably. Oh jeez, I th- I think if oh, we geez. have to. Oh jeez, Par- party foul, right? Jeez, oh, can't start one beer without uh, finishing the first. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad I'm not driving home tonight. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but Ben's driving me home, and that could be a different story. That could be. <laughs> Very little information online. I really mm, wanted some hop de- or some malt details. Now that now that we got it, now that we poured out of the can, it is a little bit colder again. Mm-hmm. I think that that funky honey taste was a little more apparent on the front when it was colder. Yeah, that okay. nose though. That nose is it's easily the most complex of the noses we've had so far. I don't think it comes even close. What a crazy selection of beer, guys. <laughs> mm. The hardest, at least the hardest to place, for sure. Like, there, there's a Absolutely. lot in there that is not obvious to me. Yeah, I can see why people gravitate to this one versus the other ones. Right. Um, especially those that are a little more that try a lot of different beers because this this is easily the most like I said I think it's the most complicated of the ones we've tried um, I think at first I didn't like it as much because I think like you know the heady topper was definitely easier to drink I think crusher is a little more straightforward um, but I mean this is almost kind of a lot a- going on like escape kind of thing going on in there. there there's something that's, that's interesting. That's slightly in that aliacious cal- category. Uh, Is aliacious a word? Yeah, I was about to say. Did I you did a, you just come up with that? I need a definition. What, what's the origin of the word aliacious? Let's, let's, <laughs> this, let's this, is, this is this is creation. That's a. Uh, that's a, a. As of or resulting from the allium family. <laughs> Ben's looking it up because he doesn't want to be wrong. Yeah, well, it's, it's from the old. Uh, it's a fun word to say. It really wheel. sounds good. It does sound great. Oh, the old, uh, the old taster wheel. Yeah, it is now from coffee. We're talking from coffee. Yeah, the coffee taster wheel, mm. which is now, a- as an amateur, the coffee tasting wheel is um, intimidating. Aliacious is a uh, huge. a bulbous plant having a characteristic pungent onion odor. Oh, aliacious. Ooh. Bulbous. Yeah. Oh, a lot of words I like in there. <laughs> Bulbasaur. <laughs> We're bringing it back to Pokemon because Pokemon are hot right now. They are so hot right now. Hot. So, okay. So, based off of this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and assume 
that if I killed and ate a Bulbasaur, it would taste like uh, something aliacious would be. That that sounds pretty logical to me. Yeah. 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 I'm really glad we've gotten into how Pokemon taste in this po- podcast. I think it's really an unexplored avenue of yeah. the whole Pokemon phenomenon. Yeah. Is what they taste like. What they taste like. Yeah. They're animals, right? Shouldn't we be maybe eating some of those? Well, I mean, I'm not sure if we should be eating them <laughs> if we're talking ethically. Uh, but we're we're as, already fighting them. As so. Americans, <laughs> as Americans, we damn well should be eating them. <laughs> I mean, we're already doing the animal cruelty thing. Yeah, here, we're all, right? we're already like, eating animals. So yeah, we're already putting them I in mean, arenas and making them fight each other. So <laughs> we definitely should be eating the eating, eating the, the eating people who seems died less in less cruel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't want to lose the ones that died in combat. There's no reason to lose that meat. Has um has PETA protested Pokemon yet? I'm not sure they have. That seems but like I an mean, oversight. Well, but I mean, in, in the the later Pokemon games, it seems like they've tried to soften the dialogue a little bit. Yeah. So it, so it when feels... a Pidgey dies, it doesn't turn into a squabby, <laughs> ro- 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 roasted to medium rare. <laughs> oh, Pidgeys are one of the ones that I'm not curious as to how they taste. No, we're we're, we're just gonna roast them and we're gonna turn them to a different name so people yeah. want to eat them for a lot of money. Yeah, it's not yeah. a problem. Squabby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. The old squabby. Uh, <laughs> Crusher is staring us down, guys. It, well. it is. Um, do, do you have any water left, Jim? I do. All right. Water why why don't you splash my glass a little bit with that water there? Because I'm not walking away. Oh, there goes a crack of the crack of the can. Mm. And even though I love the design of the heady topper and the focal banger um, cans, I love the Crusher design. So much simpler, yeah. I love the simplicity. It's black with a bright green hop design to it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, Focal Banger, I think, is my favorite because I get um, Dr. Horrible off of it. See? Doesn't that remind you of Dr. Horrible? <laughs> I guess a little. It does now, yeah. And, and if anything reminds you of Neil Patrick Harris, it makes Jim a happy boy. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's a funny man. <clears throat> Dr. Horrible, man. That was a great that was a great little show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're pouring the what is the most aggressive of the IPAs we've tasted? This is a 9% 9% IPA. And This is a big boy. So, Jim, why don't you take a read off the can cuz I think it describes it really well. Um Better than I think most of the other, better than I think most beers are described on the can. Yeah, it says uh, the Crusher is an American double IPA that I started making years ago at the old pub. Uh, hopheads were constantly asking for more hops, so I'm <laughs> so I'm the world oh. of uh, Frank Zappa's. Do you say you want some more? Well, here's some more. While enjoy <laughs> hops with the rest of them. I still try to maintain some uh, semblance of balance and drinkability. This beer is oozing with hop flavor and aroma with every dry finish. Enjoy responsibly. This one can sneak up on you. I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> I, I feel like we're being pretty responsible. With the oh, water. we're super responsible. There's no doubt about that. Got to get a little crusher in my glass. That's... Wow. Yeah, the, the, the aroma is definitely lighter on this. Mm. 
but more of those kind of resiny Oily. type uh, characters in there. It's kind of huge on the resin front, I think. Yeah, a lot, lot more of that uh, almost kind of burnt centrist kind of yeah. character in there. Flamed orange. Yeah, it's got that that lingering bitterness, but not. It's much lighter than the other lingering bitterness. Right. You're right. I think it's that that citrus skin bitterness linger. Right. Um. But that that red that huge resin middle. Oh man. I mean, it's it's big. This is only the second time I've ever had this beer. Uh, both both times, thanks to Chris. <laughs> and uh, ah, man, so did I tell you the first time I tried this beer? Mm. I actually spilt a little on my leg while I was while I was pouring it, and I was like, oh well, I'm at home. What do I care? <laughs> I finished it. I put my glass away. I was watching TV, and I'm sitting in my living room, and I keep thinking that someone is smoking weed like right outside my window. I'm like. <laughs> Dude, someone's blowing weed like right inside my window. And I look around and I'm like, no, I've got the air conditioner running. All my windows are shut. What is that smell? And I look down at that one little drop on my knee and I'm like, that's it. That's This beer is so dank that an hour after I drank it and put it all away, I think this one little drop I spilled on my knee was someone smoking weed outside my window. Like, It took me like 20 minutes to figure out what was going on, too. It was like... Wow, I think that really defines the crusher in its <laughs> in its essence. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a it's crazy hobby. It is. It's, but considering how how assertive the hops are, it really doesn't play that aggressive either. It doesn't. It's surprisingly easy to drink, which is is nice that he put that right on the can. That's why I, I thought his definition was really apt because it got it has some. Some forward sweetness. It sure does. Yep. It still plays a little yeah. bit on that heady topper juice, apple juice characteristic. But that man, that resin just just goes up and punches you right, right. in the face. Yeah, so certainly more uh, more malt character than we've seen from any of the, uh, uh, the any of the other ones. Yeah, so far as well. Still not as dark as a uh, sip of sunshine. No, not as dark, but and then still still cloudy. I don't think any of the beers we had today were clear. Right. Uh, Hedy, or not Hedy, uh, Sip of Sunshine was the closest. Was right. the closest, but it was still relatively... A little bit cloudy, yeah. It was, it was semi-opaque, and then I think that's definitely characteristic of the uh, Northeast style of modern IPAs, you know, the Vermont, uh, Massachusetts style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oof. Man, does this one bring the hops. Mm. Grapefruity, a lot of that. that yeah, big, uh, big grapefruit kind of character. Yeah, I was gonna say kind of orangey, orangey grapefruit. I like that grapefruit because it comes across pretty dry at the end. Yeah, that pithy, that pithy dryness. Right, Very sort of much. dries out your palate a little bit. Um, man, I I, I do love this beer. I, it's. I feel like the sweetness in this and any other beer would have been out of control, but. I think the irresponsible amount of hops he threw in here <laughs> <laughs> sort of brings that all into balance really well, which mm. is great. Because um, if there's any any beer that I want sweetness in, it tends to be those IPAs to balance things out, and they, they do a great job with it. Well, I think that's I think that's a testament to the conscious nature of how they've made these three beers. Sure, yeah. And I think the nine percent it doesn't play like a nine percent, right? Um, 
I mean, you 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 can definitely taste it. I I, I feel like this one shows its uh, alcohol a little bit more than some of the others did. Yeah, it, it, it some of the others really, uh, especially those uh, those trilliums played a little bit lighter on the palate than expected. Yeah, Th- for this sure. At least has a bit of weight to it. It's heavy. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'd quite put it up there to. Uh, what is it? I think like a nine point six. I think it's a nine. Yeah, nine nine something. Yeah, it's yeah. It's it's pretty assertive. Um, but considering how high alcohol, how many hops, it's surprisingly drinkable. It, it it's got body, but I'm not getting uh, I'm not getting heat from the booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite to the what? What was that crazy beer you guys had for a while? Was that the Molotov, Molotov cocktail? Molotov heavy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a sixteen percent IPA? No, sir. Was that more? Seventeen point two. Oh my god! I tried that. I thought that was one. One. I thought that was really delicious. It was. It was. Yeah. Surprising, considering how much alcohol was in it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, um, it was surprising to me as well. It was delicious. That was also a uh, like. I drank five ounces of this, and, and that is good. the perfect serving size. Yeah. 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 Something that heavy and that sweet and that building. This, that was, that's one of those beers where the, the sweetness definitely built. Yes. And after five ounces, you, you were done. Yeah. <laughs> you needed something to cleanse that for yourself pretty uh, mm. pretty much after that. Man, I think this is a really interesting way to end the tasting, by the way, too. Yeah. Because we've gone through so many different beers, and I think with the extra sweetness, with the extra hops, even compared to that double dry hopped uh, four point, this one just, I think my favorite thing about the the Vermont style double IPAs is that resin, is that richness, is that balance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think even though this one is the, most intense of the those with the with the resin it's so smooth and so drinkable that even though it's screaming hops it's just makes you want to drink a whole can totally yeah totally yeah i i think the alchemist really has something special going on um i i absolutely love those trillium beers but i mean these alchemist beers are just really doing some fun stuff um and they are so different. I think the Massachusetts beers were almost, they were more similar to each other than the Vermont beers sure. were to them. If we count Sip of Sunshine as one of the Vermont beers. Sure. I thought sure. they all played in a different realm than the Massachusetts ones. Yeah. I thought the Massachusetts ones were drier. I thought they played more on the bitterness scale in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I thought they were all very, they're all very enjoyable beers, but we played yeah. with eight different beers that were so different from one another. All the same style, yeah, <laughs> right, more well, or less. Especially in uh, in fruit delivery, I I think that's one of the most interesting things to me is that to me each beer delivered fruit in a pretty radically different uh, <laughs> format, wow. and, and especially beers that would present fruit with uh, a lot of sweetness, or then beers that would present fruit with relatively low sweetness, and that's kind of. To me, the characteristic of IPAs in general is fruit. Yeah, and I think definitely the modern style versus the versus the West Coast style. I, I guess I'm calling modern style, you know, the Vermont West East Coast style, at least for me. Well, I, I'd say even the West Coast style, it's you know the heavier citrus kind of character, but that's still you know some degree of 
fruitiness we're talking about. It's just and, and they they that. balance that out with with a lot of pine. Totally, um, totally over in the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. I would say a lot more than what we got out of these these sure. eight. Yeah, yeah. These are definitely softer, especially the alchemists. I think they're now focal was the least the least soft of the three <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And now I'm starting to slur my words just slightly. Just a little, just enough. Um, <laughs> that's all you need. Because we're on number eight. We're on number eight. And, it's and that's, a big the, that's the crazy thing. We've split these pretty evenly. And we're essentially on, what, two and a third beers apiece. And I'm slurring my words just <laughs> slightly. <laughs> so that shows what kind of, you know, these are all seven to nine percent beers, basically. Pretty much. There was that one, but it was 6.6, which is basically seven. (laughs) (laughs) That's close enough. Kind of a poor man's seven. That's a poor man's seven. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess uh, 9.6 is the poor man's 10, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I have to say from top to bottom, from the experience going to the brewery, uh, from the beers themselves, I, I... even though I like the Trillium, I like the, the Treehouse a lot. I think my experience at the Alchemist and the beers themselves are definitely my favorite. Yeah. And if I were to pick one thing, too, if I had to go to one brewery and drink their stuff, it'd definitely be theirs. Yeah. And I think that, you know, John Kimmich and those guys over there, they're doing amazing stuff. And I'm really excited to see what what random stuff they do over the next next few years as well as they... You know, try different things as well because they definitely, have the cap- they have more capability now than they used to. Yeah, the, with that last upgrade, I, I feel like they could uh, they could start doing some real fun stuff. Um, yeah. That is to say, uh, those Trillium beers were all top marks yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I think I'd have a really hard time making that. Distinction. I, I I agree yeah. uh, because I do. There are some days where I want that IPA to have that little bit more honey characteristic, like you right. get out of the Alchemist. And there are days where man, that uh, stepped up. What was it? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. But that that like to me that was like a really excellent, oh. drinkable, finished, dry. Well, and the clarity. It fruit, was the clarity, clarity of flavor was all the way through was excellent. Yeah. Um, and then other times, um, let's not forget we drank a Treehouse first. Man, that thing was that was killer. It was a wonderful beer. Yeah, yeah that was. Ooh, golly! <laughs> and we only had one from them, but. Yeah, that's another. I know they do some that's amazing another other stuff. contender, man. Those guys I, are. I don't it. think I'd ever complain about drinking any of these beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna finish our our last bits of last bits of the crusher off the air. So, um, we gave some plugs at the beginning. So let's put some plugs at the end, just in case people actually listen to this whole thing. Wow. Um, <laughs> Miracles. So, so Ben and or Jim, why don't you give the the Joe Bean plug to people? Uh, Joe Bean Roasters. We're located on uh, thirteen forty four University Avenue in Rochester, New York. You can find us at uh, JoeBeanRoasters.com or at uh, I believe Joe Bean Coffee on Instagram. And uh, correct. Yeah, we're around. We well, on. and I, and I'll I'll second that in saying Joe Bean is my my third place. It is is where I spend the most of my time outside of my house. They're my coffee roaster in Rochester, and it's it's a great place to hang out. And if you're looking for coffee in Rochester, it's the best place to start. So, if you haven't been and you're listening to this podcast, stop being stupid and go visit <laughs> Joe Bean Coffee. 
I'm mostly drunk, so I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> um, um, and you can find me uh, at Stromy on Instagram and Twitter, Food About Town on Facebook. And if you want to email me for some god-awful reason instead of <laughs> messaging me on the other places, you find me foodabouttown at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you got to two hours and five minutes of beer conversation, of stuff you can't get in Rochester, thank you for listening. This was a blast. And thanks to both my friends Ben Turiano and Jim Lake for coming over and hanging out. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And tune in next time for something that you can actually get in Rochester. (laughs) Goodbye.